Hi again, everyone. I'm Sean Kelly, the voice of the Gators, and welcome to the Gator Tales podcast with Sean Kelly, episode number 24. This episode is being recorded on February 29th. Happy leap year to those who celebrate. It's always great to come back into the office, put together the podcast the morning after a couple of big Gator wins. Gators men's basketball winners again last night against the University of Missouri. And for the first time since 2017, Todd Golden and the Gators have accumulated 20 wins overall before the start of March and 10 wins in conference play. They have three left in the regular season and up next a big road game at South Carolina. And also last night on the Diamond, Florida baseball winners over Bethune-Cookman. They get set for a weekend series against the Miami Hurricanes. On this week's episode of Gator Tales with Sean Kelly, we go one-on-one with an absolute superstar. It's my pleasure to introduce to you, or in many cases, reintroduce you to Leanne Wong of the Florida Gators gymnastics squad. The gym slam was accomplished by Wong this past weekend. It proved to be a walk-off moment for Wong and the Gators as they upended LSU in a top-five battle. Wong, of course, is also preparing for the Olympics this summer in Paris. And, by the way, she's a pre-med major with her eyes on a medical degree when her gymnastics competing days are all said and done. Also this week, another edition of Ask the AD. Scott Strickland stops by, and we talk about the college football playoff, its expanded format, what we know and what we don't know for this upcoming football season. And, of course, a lot of my time spent around men's basketball. I've gotten to know the student managers pretty well. And so those unsung heroes of college athletics are our focus as we'll visit with Nolan Crist about his journey and his job and his staff assisting Gators men's basketball. Of course, as we've talked about in recent episodes, it's the busiest time of year in Gator athletics, and Kenna McGinnis is back with another edition of Kenna on Campus to get you up to speed on all that the Gators have been doing on the field, the courts, and beyond over the last 7 to 10 days. And so with that, we best get started. It's Gator Tales with Sean Kelly, episode number 24. Enjoy. Gator Tales with Sean Kelly is presented by UF Health. UF Health has locations throughout Florida, including Gainesville, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, Leesburg, and the Villages, and we're growing. Compassionate care and world-class outcomes, that's our game plan. Visit ufhealth.org. To learn more, our podcast is also brought to you by Pet Paradise. Gator fans, for pet fanatics like you, there's only one place who goes all out for your pet the way you do boarding, grooming, day camp, and veterinary services all in one convenient location. Pet Paradise and New Day Veterinary Care. Finally, complete pet health care is here for Gator Nation. My first guest this week is Florida gymnastics star Leanne Wong. But let's try and describe who Leanne Wong is just for a moment. And indulge me because it might take a couple of minutes. She's a pre-med major from the Kansas City area. She's a multi-time SEC academic honor roll uh, honoree. She's a businesswoman, an SEC champ, an All-American 15 times over, 
Uh, she's a decorated gymnast at the elite level. She's a Paris hopeful as a member of the U.S. senior national team. Uh, I'm I'm leaving some things out. I just wanted to get a glancing blow, Leanne, but there's more to the story, and I plan on getting more of the story out of you during our visit today. But most recently, she's also the latest to complete the gym slam. And if you're not familiar with this, it's scoring a perfect 10 on all four of the apparatus, and it helped the Gators to a huge win at home this past week against LSU to secure at least a share of another SEC title. Uh, Leanne, is the introduction fair? And how much more time should I take to list the the other uh, dozen or so require or, uh, accomplishments that you've achieved in your life? Um, I think that's pretty good. Um, okay. I mean, you can include national team member. Got that. <laughs> there you go. We'll talk about Paris here in a little bit. Okay. Let's stay in the present just for a moment. Yeah. I got to ask you. Uh, is the gym slam something that you've reached for for a long time or it happened and you said, great, I got one. Uh, no, it's definitely something I've reached for for a long time. Um, just seeing Trinity, Alex McMurtry and Bridget Sloan get a gym slam before me, um, which is really inspiring. And just seeing it on the wall every day when we walk in the gym, it's always something that I see. So it's just a goal that's been on that wall for a long time. If there is such a thing as a walk-off win in gymnastics, I think you did it this past weekend. Did you know that the stakes were as high as they were? Um, I did not. Um, I've heard a couple of people say that it was a walk-off 10. Um, but there were a lot of emotions going through my mind at that moment because Peyton um, had a little injury in her 14, so she actually didn't finish it. So... Once it was my turn to go, I knew my score really counted. So, I mean, like I said, lots of emotions going through my mind. So I was definitely nervous. But then there was just like a mindset switch. And I knew the score, the team needed my score. So I just went up and knew that I needed to make my routine um, to get this win. Were you nervous in just this moment? Or are you nervous all the time when you compete? Um, the nerves are always there, but I think this one was just a little different because my score counted um, for sure. And there were not six people going up. Uh, we only had four scores um, that were going to be competitive. So I knew I needed to hit this routine. And it was extra special because I got a 10 and it finished my gym slam. Leanne, for young people, and I, and I want to ask you this because I do find you to be a role model, whether you want that role or not. Um, it is something I think that you probably have to embrace. You know, there's, I talk to young people all the time about the difference between being nervous and being scared of a moment. How would you answer that question? Um, yeah, I don't think a lot of the times that we're scared when we're on the competition floor, I think it's just more nerves, like just worried about things that could happen or, but I think, um, getting scared is more like in the gym and that's what you get through practice and you get over those fears. So then when you come to the competition floor, it's time to just bring out what you've been practicing and actually just block the nerves. Yeah, no, I, I, I try to share with young people. I think nervous is a good, healthy thing and scared is not a healthy thing. So, uh, and it goes to as what you said, the preparation for that moment. And then you can be nervous about that very moment. Leah, yeah. let me ask you, let me ask you about your tens and you know, this past weekend in your career, do you know, going in right before you begin said routine or said rep, 
that a 10 is coming or you feel like a 10 is, is in the works here. When do you kind of know that you've achieved the perfect mark? I mean, yeah, like during the routine, it's really important to stay present and not focus on the score, the outcome. But sometimes when I do feel like I'm having a good routine and it's clean and I stick the landing, um, I really hope to get the 10. And it's just amazing when you are rewarded for a clean landing and a clean routine. Do you like the team sport aspect of gymnastics? Um, yes, I do like the team aspect. Um, I feel like in club gymnastics and, and even sometimes in elite gymnastics, um, but more in club, it was very individual and there wasn't really much of the team aspect. So just having like the whole team there to support one another through everything and just one team going for one goal um, has been really special. Do you find that to be at the elite level as well? Yes, I do think that the elite level has a team aspect as well because through um, the beginning of season, it's a little more individual. But then once the national team is named, um, everyone is going for the same goal to win medals for Team USA. And then, of course, when you go on international assignments, you are competing for the country and everyone's score counts for Team USA. What's the difference between competing in, say, like Tokyo, Japan or Paris, France, or New York City, or these other exotic venues that that you find yourself on the world stage, and competing in Gainesville, Florida, Auburn, Alabama, the other SEC towns. Those are stark contrast venues for your sport. Do you find those to be different as a competitor? Yeah, I think it's a little bit different, but gymnastics is gymnastics. And when I'm on the competition floor, um, I just have so much fun wherever I am and just using the energy from the crowd and wherever I am in the moment. Um, I just love what I do and love competing. With it come, when it comes to Paris, I talked to Jenny Rowland back in December and lo, surprise, you came up. She started talking about how this would be a unique season for you because obviously you're going to be competing for the Florida Gators, but also at the same time preparing for the Olympics this summer. And she said... You know, there are some things that we have to be really good about in the relationship with regard to letting Leanne grow and and develop new skills for Paris. And there's also the, you know, being in the moment of the college season itself. Would you mind helping us understand that balance better and what that means? Does that mean you can do certain things in college gymnastics that you can't do at the international level, vice versa? How, how does that relationship work? Yeah, college gymnastics and elite gymnastics are actually pretty different, but I've been really fortunate to be able to do both and that they don't interfere with each other too much. So I'm really thankful for that. But college gymnastics, you're competing every Friday night and the routines are actually a lot simpler than elite gymnastics because in college you're striving for that perfect 10. So you're trying not to put too much difficulty in there, but just hitting the requirements. And like I said, you're competing every Friday, but in elite gymnastics, you don't compete as often and you're trying to pack your routines with as much difficulty as you can and while striving for perfection. So that's a little bit different there, but I mean, I'm just really thankful for the Gator coaches here who have been very helpful with me and balancing both and really just letting me figure it out as I go, because I mean, I'm one of the very few who have done this and balancing both elite and college gymnastics. Is there anything in your current routines that we would see 
that I'm, I'm being very selfish here because I want to know. So is there anything in your current style, your routine that you're doing now that would say, Ooh, that's something that she is working on for Paris. Like that's that mm -hmm. she's using that tool to not only win here at the college level, but to sharpen herself for the summer. Um, yeah, in the beginning of the season, I think I did have um, some more new skills put in there, especially on beam. Um, but then throughout the season, I think I've just put those in the practice routine. So I'm just practicing those in the gym. And then when I come out on Friday nights, I'm doing more of just the college and just using that experience to just learn how to compete and gain confidence and be consistent. Be consistent. Paris would be what for you? Paris would be a dream come true for sure. Um, going there on an Olympic team and getting to compete for Team as Team USA would definitely be a dream come true. Do you think your your experience as an alternate in Tokyo prepares you more than you even would have imagined in 2020? Um, yes, I do think going through the last the last quadrennium um, prepared me for this one since I've been to Olympic trials. And I know what it's like now because I've heard stories from like other athletes and just what it's like, but it's not the same until you go there and you experience it yourself. And so now I'm just really thankful that I have that experience that I've been to Tokyo and I just know how everything works. Okay. I promised at the beginning of this visit that I would get to know the rest of the story. Okay. So let me ask you this. Let's start with this first. How do you handle fame? Because you're famous, Leanne, and it's at a young age, too. So I, I would like to learn a little bit more about how a person of your age handles being famous. Um, yeah, I guess I do have like a lot of fans and supporters and especially through my business. Um, it's amazing just to see like the little girls showing up to all the meets and all like my apparel and my Leah's and Bo's. Um, but honestly, I really enjoy it. I'm just really thankful that I can be a role model for those gymnasts. Um, since I was once in their shoes, um, looking up to all these big gymnasts at, um, big meets. So I think it's just really cool for them to be there. Okay. Uh, describe for me a typical day. I mentioned that you're a pre-med major, uh, and you had expanded a little bit on the business side of your life. There's Olympic training and then there's being a, a college gymnast as well. Give me some sense of how you get this all done in 24 hours. Um, I definitely take it day by day. So uh, I can't think about too many things at once since I am striving for med school. But I think right now um, I just have to be in the moment. So in a typical day, I'm just really focused on practice and school and then once I'm done with that, then I'll do like my business on the side um, or after I'm done. So I think the priorities are gymnastics in school and then business on the side. <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of your, your Leos and whatnot, your leotard, we'll call that your Jersey. Can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Let's say that in college gymnastics, just like in football and lacrosse and women's basketball and most of the other sports on campus, let's say those Leos or jerseys had okay. a number on it. Uh -huh. What would be your number? Um, I mean, I guess I do compete in two different worlds. So in college gymnastics, my locker or jersey number is actually number 10. So that would be on my Leo. And of course, in college gymnastics, everyone's striving for a perfect 10. So I'd love for that to be on my jersey. 
And right. then gymnastics, um, I think it would be number one um, because, I mean, you want to be number one in everything that you do. So, um, but actually, also in college gymnastics, it would either be 10 or the number 15 because um, I was the 15th gymnast in NCAA history to get a gym slam. Yes. And also, Patrick Mahomes is jersey is the 15. And actually, he's had um, a pretty big impact on my gymnastics career and just being a role model for me. Um, because once he first joined the NFL, he was the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, which is my hometown. And he came in as a rookie, but he really proved to me what a rookie could do. Um, you don't have to wait and you don't have to wait to be good. Like you can just work hard and show people who you are. So you're not very patient, are you? <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I could always gain more patience, but um, I started following Patrick Mahomes um, when I had my first senior elite competition in 2019. And I mean, I was a rookie. I had never competed in a senior elite competition and it was the American cup. And that was a competition. It was a world cup with like gymnasts from all around the world. And I had never competed at that level. And I was really fortunate to win that competition. So, so isn't it amazing that Patrick Mahomes wears 15 and you are the 15th gymnast, as you pointed out to complete the gym slam. I think there's something to this, right? Yes. I actually think that's really cool. I'm like, yeah, it's a special number. <laughs> have you met Patrick Mahomes? I have not. It's been a dream of mine to meet him. Um, I feel like I've had a lot of opportunities, even when he was playing basketball at the local gym in Kansas city. But um, I was actually at the gym at the same time that he was there, but I don't think he'll be back. <laughs> um, but, and then I went to the Super Bowl this last Super Bowl. I was there for a Lunar New Year event. So I was really hoping to meet him there, but it was in the middle of live season and I was only there for one day. So I did not get the chance to meet him. <laughs> are, are we year of the dragon? Is that where we are now? Yes, we are. Yes. There. So the year of the dragon could find you to be an NCAA champion, an Olympic champion all in the same year. I have a feeling, Leanne, that if you pull this off in the year of the dragon, Patrick Mahomes will want to meet you as opposed <laughs> to you wanting to meet him. You think? That'd be pretty cool. That'd be yeah. pretty cool. How many followers do you have on social media? Um, I think I have like 70,000 on my, my main Instagram account. And then I have almost 11,000 on my Leanne Walk Boutique account. Feel free to help me on my social media numbers. Anyway, the reason I ask is that, you know, there's a lot of free advice in the world, as I'm sure you found out. Do you like to inter uh, interact with those who follow you on social media or do you stay away with, from reading comments and interacting? Um, I would say I do interact um, on social media because of my business. So I do interact with a lot of the little girls and I'm helping the moms and the gymnasts figure out um, their matching bows to their Leos and their competition Leos. Um, but on the other side of things, like on, I guess, Twitter and X now, um, 
there are a lot of people who are putting out um, their opinions, but I don't think it's best to read those because they are just outsiders who can put out whatever opinions they want. And sometimes when you see a good one, um, it's motivating. But when you see a bad one, um, those can be overpowering over the good ones. Yeah, no, it's it become can become a mental health situation in some form or fashion. Yeah. Uh, speaking of mental health, my mental health is never very good when I have a project regarding my house. Uh, as I understand it, you yourself now are a new homeowner. Congratulations on that. Uh, of a home that's needed some TLC, maybe some refreshing, a little love and care. Yes. What have you learned and how have you kept your mental health when it comes to being a young homeowner in that sense? Yeah, so I've actually been looking for a home here in Gainesville um, for a couple years now. So it's been a project, um, but I was just really happy to finally get one um, near campus. So it did need some updating. So um, my family and I decided to paint the entire house, which we have never done before. So during winter break, that was um, a project and it was a little stressful. Um, but that and then getting all the furniture, which I actually built a lot of myself as well. And I was thankful for my family and friends to come over and help too. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a lot in the moment, but I would just say like, once it's done, I definitely feel, uh, really accomplished and it kind of boosts my mental health, I guess. I love it. I love it. But Leanne, these friends you speak of are more of your friends in gymnastics or are more of your friends not involved in gymnastics in any way? Um, I would say these friends were not involved in gymnastics in any way. Um, they actually came to my gymnastics meets for the first time and they just become close friends and helped me build some of this furniture. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Do you find that that's a release for you or a way to wind down as to have either friends that are not involved in the gymnastics world or I guess where I'm going with this is in, in whatever minute or two of free time that you do have, what do you do to have fun? Yeah, I do think it's important to step away from gymnastics and school at some points. Um, but I really find a lot of freedom and mental health, I guess, through my business because I really enjoy doing that and like updating my website and just finding these pictures and posting them. Let me let me end with two uh, fan-related things, if you don't mind. Yeah. Growing up for me, and I'm of the age where my interest or my awareness of gymnastics probably started with Mary Lou Retton mm -hmm. in kind of the 84 range, old enough to kind of start to realize this, the importance of the Olympics, something that was every four years. And sure enough, like most Americans, every four years we would re-engage with gymnastics in a big way because slowly but surely became a bigger and bigger and bigger Olympic event. Well, here now we have college gymnastics and every meet across the street for me at the O'Connell Center is sold out. You're seeing massive crowds around the country and in the conference, of course. And so it seems to have allowed us to grow into gymnastics fans more than just every four years. Do you think that is the case? Do you think that college gymnastics has had that big of a role in the growth of the sport? Um, yes, I definitely think college gymnastics has grown the sport a lot, especially 
because of athletes like me who are going back and forth in college and elite gymnastics, um, we're seen in both worlds. So it kind of brings people who only watch elite gymnastics to college gymnastics and college gymnastics fans to elite gymnastics. So I think that has grown the sport and brought a lot more fans into the sport. Okay. And, and with that being said, a fan like myself, I don't know the sport in a way where I can appreciate maybe a technical move, an opening pass, or in a way that somebody who is glued to the sport would really appreciate it. So what I'm asking is, Leanne Wong, would you help me become a better spectator of the sport and those who are in the same category that I am? What would be some key things that would make me a better spectator of gymnastics? Um, well, actually funny that you asked this question because yesterday I was actually just worth working on a glossary. Um, and it's actually a glossary that will be in my book. So it has um, a bunch of gymnastics skills and it will explain like what certain skills are. And actually, I guess I haven't really announced this book, but it'll be about my journey through gymnastics and how I reached the highest level of gymnastics. And I just want people to learn from my story and learn about gymnastics in general. Well, I think you just broke the news about your book. Yeah, I did. When, when do you hope to have this book done? Um, it's been done, but we've just been um, doing little edits here and there. Um, so it will be published very soon. And I'm hoping to share it with everyone. I hope that you'll come back and share more about the book with us when you get the release date yeah, all set. Uh, hold on, let me grab a pen because I got to add another thing to your list here. Author now on the list. I'm serious. I don't know how you do it, Leanne. And I and uh, that makes me even more grateful that you took <laughs> even a little bit of time yeah. to visit with us today. Um, one last thing on the fun side here. College is supposed to be fun, right? So obviously Paris looms, and I, that's probably the wrong word because looms seems like it's some kind of dark bad thing. Uh, let's see it. Paris is on the horizon. Maybe that's the, the better way to go. Uh, before you leave Gainesville this spring to head to back with your teammates on the U S senior national team, what's one more thing that you want to do in Gainesville or a place you'd like to go before you have to go, uh, represent all of us at the Olympics. Um, I don't know. What are some really excited, exciting things? like your favorite place to eat or even just go on a walk. What's one more, like, I got to do this before I leave. I mean, finishing my house would be something that I would love to accomplish. Um, so just moving into there since I'm currently living in, in the dorms. So after this semester, I'll move into my house and just get it all set up and make it my home. And that's something I would love to accomplish before going off to Paris. Yes. Well, that sounds great. Cause that means that you're going to be here in Gainesville with us for the time to come after you put so much work into the house. Yes, for sure. Good luck. You got a big weekend coming up. You got to nail down the rest of this sec title. Uh, give me some extent. So this will wrap up this week in the regular season. Then what, then what on your way to nationals? Um, yeah. So this week we're going to Kentucky and, um, our goal is to win this meet so we can, um, win the SEC regular season. And then after that, we'll be going to Nebraska for a quad meet and then have our last home meet of the season. And then we go to the SEC championships where we're hoping to win that championships as well. 
And then we have our regionals, which is actually here in Gainesville. So that'll be really exciting um, to have our home crowd here. And that will determine if we go to the national championships. And of course, that's been a goal of ours from the beginning of the season. So I'm just really proud of this team for continuing to improve every week and going into the gym and just focusing on the details and putting in the work um, to improve and reach our goal, which is a national championship. You're an electric young woman. I'm so <laughs> glad that we get a couple more times to see you here at home, even though uh, you and your teammates have made it the hottest ticket in town during this <laughs> time of year. So I'm going to find a way to get in there and see you compete a few more yeah, times here before sure. you head to the bigger stage. So congratulations, Leanne Wong. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, and go Gators. Thank you. And go Gators. <laughs>this episode on ask the ad we talk about college football of course the gators are about to set up shop for spring football and we're all already talking about next season that includes the college football playoff and the, its extended format scott as we get into our our session this week had a question for you regarding what what actually is the format there seems to be some things we do know about the college football playoff and and the expansion but there seems to be a lot of unfinished business, too. Can you help us decide what is factual and what is still in play to be decided? Absolutely. Um, you know, when, when the, the first CFP began in 2014, the 14-team tournament, as we know, we've lived that now for 10 years. Um, that that ag- arrangement was a 12-year agreement between the, the, the conferences that, that put on the event and the various bowls that are, are part of the playoff. And uh, as we, you know, we call them the New Year's Six, right? And so the Gators have had the opportunity to compete in in some of the New Year's Six bowls. Um, And those have rotated through as semifinal sites. Well, now starting in the fall of 2024 and and going into 2025 for the next two years, we're going to have a 12-team playoff. And the the quarterfinal rounds, the semifinal rounds are now going to include all of those New Year's Six bowls. They're all going to be incorporated into that playoff. Um, and because we have 12 teams, and you know, if you had just quarterfinals and semis, you could accommodate eight teams. But with 12 teams, we're going to have to add an extra round. Those are going to be on campus sites. And so if you are seated uh, five, six, seven, or eighth in, in the, the final ranking, as it's going to be determined by the CFP Selection Committee, uh, your school is going to have an opportunity to host a first-round playoff game on your campus for your fans. And um, that's going to be uh, – incredibly exciting you think about um when when gator softball or gator baseball host a regional and how much fun that is and and uh, the energy that that brings uh hosting a cfp playoff game on your campus is going to be that multiplied and um it's it's you know there's there's going to be a lot of excitement around that i think it's going to be the biggest event that any of these campuses have ever hosted and you think about uh, a place like florida that's over 100 years old uh, 150 years old that's saying something um so that's what we have for 24 and 25 for the last two years of the original 12-year deal. Beyond that, there's really a blank slate. Um, the conferences could continue with the 12-team playoff. They could tweak it further. Um, there's no contracts in place beyond the 25 season. So right now what we know is there's going to be a 12-team model for 24 and 25. Uh, that model is going to allow for the, the five highest-ranked conference champions 
to be included, and then the selection committee will choose another seven teams uh, to round out the 12-team field for the next two years. Um, that we really don't even know who's televising those first-round games. We know that the, the quarters, the semis, and the national championship are going to be a part of uh, ESPN because they have the rights to those as part of the original 12-year contract. Um, but we there's there's no determination on who's even going to televise those campus first-round games that are going to start in, what, nine months from now? So uh, this is uh, a lot of this is kind of being pulled together last minute, if you will. It's not the way you typically see these things done, but uh, there's a desire in the among the fans and I think the college football community for more teams to have access into the playoff. And in my opinion, it's going to be really positive. It's going to be something that, uh, that benefits the sport and benefits the fans. You're going to have a lot more teams in play for a college football playoff berth later into the season. And looking forward to the Gators being one of those. Absolutely. So it sounds like the important things have been decided. The things that are unfinished, as was stated in the question, are matters that won't affect fans really at this point. Shouldn't affect fans. Um, and keep in mind, though, that, that we have a 12-team model for these this year and the following year. Uh, that could continue beyond that, but there's still a lot of work to be done to figure out what the format's going to be going forward. Very good. Thanks always. Go Gators. Go Gators. Thanks, John. We continue this week with not an athlete, not a coach, or even an administrator, but a student manager. They are the unsung heroes of college sports. And of course, this time of year, I spend most of my time with Gators men's basketball. Nolan Christ is a graduate student and is the head student manager for Todd Golden's basketball team. Had a chance to catch up on the road recently with Nolan to find out more about him and what he and his fellow student managers do for the Gators. Our conversation began by simply asking if he's okay with the label of unsung hero. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the managers are definitely kind of behind the scenes and they do a lot for the team, uh, whether it's, you know, pretty much everything that the coaches don't want to do, we get done. So that's really, really what the responsibility is. Let's dig into that a little bit more. There may be some listening to this podcast that say, okay, I got an idea, but give me a better idea of what a day is like for you guys in season. Yeah, so a typical day when we're not having a game, um, guys have morning hours and afternoon hours we always have two people at the facility from nine to five so if guys want to shoot um, or if they just need anything in general uh, after workouts we'll golf cart them over to class so that they can spend as much time as possible in the gym and they don't have to spend time doing anything else and then uh, every day it's you know setting up the court for practice making sure our guys are ready to go and have everything they need doing laundry after practice and and stuff like that and then, yeah, on game days is when uh, it's a gets a, real, a lot of responsibility. Obviously, on the road, it's really difficult. There's only four of us. Well, uh, at home, we have 14 of us. So it's a big difference when we're on the road, just taking on many responsibilities like unloading and loading the plane, making sure we have all our equipment ready to go, making sure all our, all our gear is ready to go. And, yeah, that's uh, just some of the responsibilities that we take on daily. Knowing you're a grad student, I think you did your undergrad at Florida too, correct? Yeah, so I'm actually in the sport management combined degree program. So it's kind of – it's kind of bittersweet. This is my fourth year at the University of Florida, but it's going to be my last because this is my last semester of grad school. 
um, being in the combined degree program, which is honestly awesome. It's, it's why I wanted to come to Florida along with having a great basketball program is just having that opportunity to get both the masters and bachelors in four years. Congratulations on that. Where's home? Seattle, Washington, uh, actually a town just outside of Seattle, uh, Issaquah, a small town. Um, but grew up in the Seattle area, um, playing basketball there. And yeah, I'm a long way from home, but I'm loving kind of the different experience and getting to meet so many new awesome people down here. Why did you choose Florida? I mean, there's a lot of other programs out there, especially maybe closer to home. Yeah, so I applied all around. My entire family went to the University of Washington. Um, and I kind of, I wanted to do something different. My brother and I are the first generation of our family to not go to school in Washington State for college. And yeah, ultimately I just looked around at a bunch of D1 programs. I knew I wanted to get experience working with the D1 basketball team. And Florida just made sense because the tuition here actually out of state is honestly not that bad. It's, it baffles me that kids are going here for free or getting paid to go here through Brighter Futures. We don't have anything like that in Washington. Uh, but yeah, it just really made sense. I wanted to come down to sunny Florida, get out of the Seattle rain a little bit, even though it does rain in Gainesville a lot, you know, Rainsville. But yeah, I definitely enjoy being in Florida and having that sun for sure. What's your favorite part about being a student manager in basketball? And then I'm going to follow up, you know, with the other question. What's the lousiest thing about the job? <laughs> I'd say the my favorite thing is um, just the, the people, honestly. I've been here. I've had two different coaching staffs and a bunch of different players and the people that we've uh, I've gotten to meet while I've been here have been awesome. You know, the first person I met when I, I joined the program was Keontae Johnson, who's just such an awesome human and just an amazing person, and then got close with, uh, you know, this year is has been really special for me because I feel like a, I have a relationship with all the players on our roster and, and all the coaches as well, and, and they're just, just such a great group of people. That's my favorite thing for sure. And uh, least favorite thing? I mean, I've thankfully I've I've grown through the program, so I don't have to do it anymore. But obviously, kind of just you know doing laundry and uh, yeah, you know the late night reboundings too. I still do some of them, but you know I'm I'm there now from from nine to five pretty much every day. So I kind of you know have the younger guys who need to get that experience. I have them do it, but obviously after a long day coming in and rebounding for a guy like you know who I love when our guys want to get in the gym and get as much work as possible, but. Like a two-hour rebounding session at night after being there all days can be kind of exhausting, but I'll do anything for our guys, so it's never a problem. And even with those hours, you've gotten your undergrad, and now you're about to have your graduate degree as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a huge uh, sacrifice to kind of, you know, have your whole life be, you know, school and, and doing this job. Obviously, you know, with good time management, and that's one thing I preach to all the managers we have here. Um, good time management, you're able to still experience a lot of the stuff that other people are in college, but... Yeah, it's, it definitely is a time commitment. My first uh, semester working, I was taking a eight, 18 credits, which is the max course load you can take here. And I actually got a 4.0, which was, you know, it was one, one of my proudest accomplishments was doing that because, yeah, that first semester, I had no idea really what to expect. Um, and I was working a lot more hours than I thought I was going to be working. I thought it was going to be more like a part-time gig, but it absolutely not. There's no such thing as part-time gigs in the, in this industry. So, yeah, that was a huge challenge, and I took it head on, and, and it was a great experience to kind of get that discipline down that, that semester. That is, that is fantastic. Is there a skill or two that you've acquired over these years that maybe you thought you'd never be able to make a part of your own DNA? 
I mean, I'd say the, the two biggest skills that I've had to improve and work on are the first one's communication. I mean, everyone in the program will tell you when, when they first met me, I'm extremely quiet. Like I'm, people wouldn't really expect it, but I'm a very shy guy when people first uh, get, to, get to meet me and, and get to know me. But once I get to know people, then they kind of can't get me to shut up. But just now being in a leadership position, having to lead all our other student managers, communication has been such an important thing. And it's something that uh, some of our, our coaching staff, like Jonathan Sapphire, preaches to me every day that, like, you need to work on your communication. And so I've really, like, I've really honed in on that. And I, now I just over-communicate. You know, I send out, like, a million texts a day, make sure our guys, you know, know what's up and are on the, on the same page. And then besides that, I'd just say overall, um, yeah, like I talked about earlier, like, discipline and just having the discipline and time management. Uh, there's really no room to kind of waste your time when you're doing this and so just locking in and making sure that you're taking full advantage of your time every day is really important. So Nolan what's next you'll be leaving us here soon we're going to miss you but I know that you'll represent us well and you'll look to represent us how? Yeah I want to either you know be in an NBA video room or a basketball operations intern or a college video coordinator honestly at the D1 level I take pride and I feel like I've made the video coordinator position here one of the easiest in the country with the skills I've able to acquire and I've had three different video coordinators here and I love I've loved all of them so I'd love to take that role on myself next year but yeah I'm excited to see where I end up and you know excited for what the future holds. Two more things since you're the chief um, why don't you introduce me to the others that are in the program, the, the student manager program with men's basketball? Yeah, so starting with uh, the older guys, we got our seniors. So Matt Carnell, and he's awesome in that he's been a huge help to, to Victor Lopez in, this, in the weight room as a strength assistant. He's in there every day. He's the manager who's there the earliest because he has to get there for those morning lifts. And he's just such a big help to Vic in, in all things uh, strength-wise. And he's looking to become uh, a strength assistant next year, uh, being in the Masters, Kinesiology Masters program at UF. Then we got my guy, Pablo Crespo. He's been my random roommate since freshman year. He was my random roommate. Um, and he, I kind of, I started as a scouting and video assistant, so I really got him locked in on the video stuff so that he's able to kind of lead that group now and be a huge contributor there. Uh, he's great with that stuff. We got Carson, who uh, is the man that can do everything. Uh, Mr. Reliable, uh, just a great guy and great personality. We got Corey Reynolds, who's one of our, our, he's a junior. He's one of our biggest grinders. He just is so locked in on the gear and uh, making sure we're packed up and ready to go every trip. And he's just someone that I can rely on and trust a lot. Uh, we got Matt, who is one of the guys that our player development staff trusts the most. He's just awesome at always being there for our guys and being there for workouts, uh, along with our other two juniors as well, Will Ring and uh, Rovin Murray. They're awesome at just kind of taking on anything that I need them to get done. And then we got Ray, who's new this year, but he's just been great to have around. And he has some prior relationships with our guys being from the Orlando area. We got a few Orlando guys, so it's awesome to have uh, someone that they're familiar with and someone they feel comfortable with. We got Will Kaiser, also from Orlando, sophomore, just super lovable guy. Um, everyone in the program loves him. He's such a character. He's so funny, and he's. I'm really excited to see how he's improving as he gets older. And then uh, Steven, who is really special to me because he's one of the three guys on this list that I was able to bring in this last offseason going through the interview process and getting to bring in three managers. But he's really impressed me with how he – you know, obviously as guys get older, we want them to, you know, to spend as much time as they can around the facility, but him being a sophomore and being around so much is just a huge help to us. We got Jake Palmer, who's just made some incredible jumps this year, you know, sophomore leap, and it's just really so helpful helping out with meals on the road and stuff like that, and, and just overall just someone that I've been able to rely on so much this year. And then Shai, who I also brought in, same thing as Steven, kind of just someone who is just so impressive to me as a sophomore, how dedicated they are, 
And before I get into our last guy, I'm a freshman, Brandon Silver. The big thing about this is to be able to do this job and be a manager, you just have to be so disciplined. And it's really not for everybody. And it, it takes a lot of time to find the right kids, the right people that are going to have the discipline to lock in. Because being in college, obviously, there's so many opportunities um, that you can explore. And it's kind of hard to make that sacrifice to kind of lock into one thing, even though this is such an amazing experience. So I'm super thankful and grateful to have these guys because they're all just so awesome in that way. But yeah, our last guy is Brandon Silver. He's our only freshman, so uh, it's pretty rare to, to be a freshman and get the full experience of having four years. So I'm excited to see, you know, four years from now when I come back for a game, I'm excited to see where he's at for sure. Maybe he'll be the chief someday. Our student manager basketball game still a thing. They were for my generation coming up. And what I mean by that, if those listening are, uh, are unfamiliar, is that uh, the student managers from all these Division One basketball teams tend to find a way to have a game and it's a little more serious than a pickup game are they still a thing yeah absolutely we're two and one on the year right now um last year we had a pretty solid year too i forget what our exact record was but we were pretty high seed in the tournament we ended up getting uh voted out in the tournament because once it gets to the 64 team bracket obviously it's unrealistic that the managers are going to be able to travel and play each other so it's a twitter vote um so anyone listening to this please help us out this year when we get to that point and vote for us on twitter so that we can hopefully uh, get to the final four this year but, yeah, we got voted out by Michigan State, and the whole thing was actually founded by Michigan State guys, so it's kind of a tough matchup, tough draw, tough draw there. Uh, but this year we're 2-1. and one. Our only loss comes from, uh, in overtime by one point to Arkansas, who's currently ranked sixth in the country. And, yes, there are manager rankings, which is pretty wild that it's uh, evolved to that point. But we got a big win last night on the road against Alabama, one by 13. Um, it definitely helps to have, you know, Ben Anderson leading the charge, who's obviously a great player considering he's, you know, now a walk-on. But, yeah, we, uh, we had a big win against Georgia as well, and we're looking forward to, you know, hitting our five-game minimum so that we can qualify for the tournament. Well, Nolan, if my feeling about the Gators is correct, this team will be in the NCAA tournament this year. That'd be a great way for you to end your career, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm so happy to, you know, you know, we're going to take care of business, and I'm looking forward to that, but I'm really happy to not be going to the NIT for a third straight year. I'm excited to experience March Madness, and, uh, yeah, this team's awesome. Such a great camaraderie, and we have just such great guys this year, so no doubt. Nolan, Chris, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for doing this. I am super glad that a lot of our fans get to know you and, and your staff a little bit better here by being on the Gator Tales podcast. Go Gators. Yeah, go Gators. Thank you so much for having me. Our last order of business on this episode is another edition of Kenna on Campus. Our student worker, Kenna McGinnis, looks back at what the Gators have been doing on the courts, the fields, and beyond over the last seven to 10 days. Of course, those results include another pair of SEC championships. With all the big results, here's Kenna McGinnis with Kenna on campus. Thanks, Sean. Let's dive in. The number four men's and number three women's swimming and diving teams both won SEC championships on Saturday night, the 10th time in program history the Gators have swept league honors. The Gators are back-to-back -back champs, bringing home 44 total medals this year. Both teams finished with new NCAA and program bests and bested over 40 different records in total. Last Friday and Saturday, five Gators were crowned SEC champions at the SEC Indoor Track and Field Championships in Arkansas. Parvish Khan's performance marks the first time a Gator has been an SEC champion in the men's mile since 2011. This is the second year in a row that both the men's and women's programs have finished runner-up at the SEC Indoor Championships. 
In Gators Gymnastics news, the number five Gators upset the number two LSU Tigers. Combined with number 16 Arkansas's win over number six Kentucky, the Gators are guaranteed at least a share of the 2024 Southeastern Conference regular season title. This will be Florida's sixth consecutive SEC regular season title. Two Gators received recognition in the SEC Gymnast Weekly Awards with Leanne Wong as SEC Gymnast of the Week and for the third week in a row, Anya Pilgrim as SEC Freshman of the Week. The lacrosse team also added two wins to the record this past week. On Saturday, the number 16 Gators bested number five Maryland in overtime. Madison Waters and Paisley Egan both contributed hat tricks to the 13-12 score. On Wednesday, the team beat Jacksonville 21-4. Unfortunately, the women's tennis team was defeated by number 13 Pepperdine this past Sunday, 5-2. Florida moves to a 4-5 record before SEC action begins this Friday against LSU. The Gators golf team finished fourth at the Southern Highlands Collegiate Tournament in Las Vegas, Nevada on Tuesday. Transfer Ian Gilligan won his first tournament as a Gator, marking the back-to-back -back medalist honors at the Southern Highlands for Florida. The men's and women's basketball teams continued their pursuit through SEC matchups this week. The men's team won both matchups at home, beating Vanderbilt on Saturday 77-64 and Missouri on Wednesday 83-74. The women's team unfortunately lost an SEC play away against Georgia on Sunday, 76-60. Number 14 Gator Softball had a very busy weekend, collecting only wins at the T-Mobile tournament here in Gainesville. Final scores included 13-1 on Friday and 21-0 on Saturday against Colgate, 16-0 on Friday and 8-0 on Saturday against Lafayette, and 8-0 against UIC on Sunday. Lastly, Gators baseball swept last weekend against Columbia, winning 15-6 on Friday, 7-3 on Saturday, and 12-5 on Sunday. Head coach Kevin O'Sullivan noted post-game on Sunday that the boys got a little sleepy mid-game. I asked starting pitcher Jack Caglione how he advises his team maintains their energy for their Tuesday matchup against Stetson and Wednesday game against the Thune Cookman. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, honestly, for us is focusing on the same thing. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to do, you know, all these positives for the team. And kind of the thing that got us going was just sticking our approach at the plate. Um, and I think, you know, we got the ball rolling and it helped us out a lot. The Gators lost to Stetson on Tuesday 7-4, but defeated Bethune Cookman 9-2 on Wednesday. That's all for now, Gator fans. This has been Kenna on Campus. I'm Kenna McGinnis. Thank you, Kenna, and that'll do it. It's a wrap on Gator Tales with Sean Kelly, episode number 24. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. We hope that you are able to get out to a Gators event very soon. Big thanks, of course, to our sponsors, UF Health and Pet Paradise, and a very special thank you to our guests on this episode, Leanne Wong, Scott Strickland, Nolan Christ, and, of course, Kenna McGinnis with Kenna on campus. I'm Sean Kelly. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so this podcast is delivered to you each and every time we put up a new episode. Please feel free to leave a review, and, of course, you can offer your feedback by sending me an email at k at gators.ufl.edu. Until next time, happy March, everybody, and go Gators!